Welcome to Unsilent with your hosts, Dave and Brian. This is not another current events podcast. We're digging deeper, diagnosing, and discussing what's really going on today, how we got here, and providing observations for future generations. Welcome to Unsilent. We're Brian and Dave. We're hoping you let us know where you think we got it right and where we completely got it wrong, which you can do by visiting unsilentpodcast.com. Let's get into it. So what do you want to chat about today, Brian? Well, I think it's important that we talk about, you know, this tendency we have or pattern we have or whatever you want to call it, that we, we fall into this tribalistic approach to things. And you've you've mentioned it. You know, as you've traveled abroad, you've seen it yeah. in you know Greece and Macedonia, and you know we, yep. we of course had it during the Civil War, and we of course had it, you know, in other periods of history, and you know to a greater extent than I've ever experienced it in my lifetime. We're we're certainly having it now. Oh yeah. So what do you what do you what's the reason? How do we how do we um, contract and expand like an accordion where we go from <laughs> you know. I would I would disagree with what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it to, you know, get off my lawn. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, right. How do we, how do, we do that? Well, why do know, we do that? To, I think to some extent, I was thinking about this after our last episode, to some extent, I think it comes down to the volume by which all conversation happens now. And it happens in crisis years. Um, and by volume, I mean the, the level of angst, the level of, of, of how, um, how loudly we proclaim the things we believe. And that just drives people into a place of comfort, which is their own people. You know, I mean, you, in the times when you could disagree with somebody without being disagreeable, you know, to use that old phrase, People could have a discussion about something and they didn't yell at each other, right? They didn't, yeah. they didn't scream at each other. But today, uh, there's not too much that isn't a, a, them's are fighting words topic, right? I mean, right. everything's, everything's in, you know, I, recently people were getting upset about, about Taylor Swift in the NFL. <laughs> you know, so uh for Kenny G, the the NFL is a is a thing we do in our yeah. in our age where people go run at each other and you know throw each other on the ground and chase pigskins and Taylor Swift is somebody who sings a lot of songs. So there you go. Yeah. Look it up. It's interesting. I, I almost had my my uh thing that I'm glad Kenny G will have to never ex- will never have to experience was Arguing over Taylor Swift and if the NFL's rigged or not. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is this is this is a sure sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> this is a yes. Uh, arguing over over her and how long her relationship with her boyfriend and if she's going to run for president. Like we we ha- it's it's so odd that the the severity of problems. Like we really have problems. Yeah. But but this is a, this is like if there was still a newspaper, it'd be like front page news. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any anything. Yeah. Or 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 the fact that she flies her own private airplane. You know, if I, if yeah, I was yeah. a super rich person, I'd fly in my own private airplane. I yeah. don't care what anybody says. You know, give yeah. me a break. But 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 that that really is the the age that we're in, where everything becomes a, a topic that we argue about, and so therefore, if if the if the noise out there is so loud, then I think people naturally are going to retreat into uh, groups of people that that think the way they do, that say things the way they do, just for for self defense. I think that's part of yeah. the the problem with it. I think that's part of 
part of why tribalism rears its ugly head every crisis era. Yeah. I kind of, as you're talking through that, I kind of, uh, and the Taylor Swift thing is kind of a funny, it's, it's a funny <laughs> example, but it's an example yeah. nonetheless. I, I guess I'm kind of looking at this now, um, thinking through it on the fly of, of legitimate reasons to, to fall into tribalism versus illegitimate reasons to sure, fall into tribalism. Absolutely. So, yeah. so for example, you know, there, there's, there's things that, that we don't, that it doesn't make sense or a logical person would say we, we shouldn't really get tribalistic about that. And sure. that's much of how I grew up was it was odd for, to have the uncle or the, the friend's parent or, and I, I, these aren't real examples, just like hypothetical examples, but you would, you would no doubt encounter the person who just took like arguments over taxes way too serious. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and sure. they made it tribalistic, but it, but nobody else did. Like, it was just like, right. they were the fringe person for like being really wrapped up into this one topic that you're like, yeah, yeah. I understand we have a difference of opinion. I understand it's got consequences, but it's not what you're making it. Right? Sure. Exactly. Versus, you know, you look at the civil war, like the values that were being fought there, yeah, I would argue serious. were, were worth being fought over. And, and yeah. easy for me to say as a guy who didn't die in the civil war, but the cost of 600,000 lives yeah. was, was a, a worthy expense in my, yeah. in my opinion. Again, easy for me to say, and I get that. I'm not, I'm sure. not, I'm not overlooking that part. Easy for me to say. I think there is a real difference in the things that we ought to be tribalistic over and the things we ought not to be tribalistic over. And yeah. up until recently, I don't think I really had a handle on the, the um, likelihood in my lifetime that there would be things to that would be on the scale of Jews dying in gas camps and Auschwitz and the yeah. Civil War, and I, I just it didn't occur to me that that stuff would was could plausibly be something that I would encounter in my own life. It felt to me like we had evolved or whatever past that. Sure. And now to experience it, and and seeing like some things that people are are you know, I would argue not legitimately they're not legitimate reasons to get tribalistic. Right. Uh, you know, like Hillary Clinton lost the election and therefore yeah. the world's going to end. Right. <laughs> um, versus things that are, are worth being tribalistic over, you know, using example, I just saw an image today that kind of made me think of this is, you know, right now the federal government is fighting with Texas to take down razor wire to keep, you know, tens of thousands of people per day in some cases from coming yeah. over our border. So right. razor wire is bad in that context. But when you back up to, you know, January 12th, 2021, razor wire was all around the Capitol and razor wire was totally cool in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> because of protecting the people in the legislature. So right. razor wire was not a big deal. It's who's being protected that we're fighting over. And yeah. that is something I think is worthy of being tribalistic over. Well, yes, absolutely. And and what and I think you hit a really important point there, and that is what is worth being tribalistic over and what is the size of the tribe? In other words, right. when I was growing up, when you and I were growing up, the big tribe that we were all part of is we're Americans. And, right. you know, uh, God, country, and apple pie, right? <laughs> the, right. Just that we, we had certain general agreements that, uh, you know, freedom was a good thing and the way that, that, you know, the oppression of the Soviet Union was a bad thing. So we, right. that was, that there, there was a tribe where there was us and them in, in that massive tribe. Uh, there were, you know, crime is, is a bad thing, no matter who does it. And, uh, being a law abiding, you know, upstanding citizen is a good thing. So we, we had a general, you know, 
large-scale tribe. And, and, and people, and just to be clear about this, uh, people organize into tribes for very, very good reasons. I mean, yes. the, the reasons that original humans, uh, you know, uh, however long ago that was, are, went to tribes is for self-protection. We, you know, we all sort of live in the same area. Maybe if we band together, we can keep uh, animals and other folks and people that are going to want to take our stuff from doing bad things to us. So tribalism on a on a, a properly applied basis is not a bad thing it's just it's when it's actually becomes, necessary it's necessary yeah it's survival yeah. it's survival yeah. i mean you, the the ultimate you know the ultimate tribe is is a is a society that organizes into a government has a government and a societal component and that's a very good thing um but when it becomes a bad thing is when we become so uh, stovepiped that your your tribe is only people that look like you only people that uh, hold your particular narrow view in a particular thing. And we become these, these tiny little tribes everywhere that are willing to fight for things that are not necessarily, uh, survival things or, or basic things. That's, I think, when, where we're at right now, we fight for the sake of fighting to a great extent. And it becomes very destructive to the big tribe, to the overall right. tribe of, for instance, in our case, the United States of America. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to to see how the the tribe that has power, you know, the what, what is commonly at, at this moment in time being called the elites, and you know, yeah. phrases like that yeah. appear to and and I, my my diagnosis and other folks' perception of this could be off for sure, but it really appears as though that tribe really has contempt for another tribe, which is. Yeah has not gone to the right colleges or the right length of college or does not have the right degrees or does not have the right understanding of finance and does, you know, unattractive things like cleaning your carpets and tr driving a semi truck <laughs> right. and, yeah. and putting siding on houses and, and things. And while the, the, the tribe that does those, you know, more laborious, more blue collar kind of generally, not always there's, you know, doctors and stuff who, who kind of fit more in that blue collar realm and things like that, as far as how they see themselves, but they might not, they might kind of scoff and laugh at the quote unquote elites for living in a bubble that, you know, they, they couldn't, they couldn't take care of themselves for six months, for example, that's kind right. of laughable, but they <laughs> sure. don't have contempt for them. They don't wish them real harm. They don't, they don't see them as a necessary evil. They don't, they don't, and again, there's exceptions to this for sure. Like I'm, I'm talking like 80, 20 rule here, right? Sure. Versus the other, the other tribe that has this kind of condescending view. It's, it's odd that they, they have this disdain for people who allow for the lifestyle that they have. Yeah. And so that's an example of when I look at like a tribalism that doesn't make sense. It's not, it's not warranted on. So it's not, it's not based, I should say upon self-preservation, it's the opposite of that, actually. Yeah. The, the, their self-preservation is relying upon these people putting siding on houses and growing food and driving semi-trucks to deliver it to their house, but they hate them anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's a great point because it's it's an unnecessary tribalism based on sort of an emotional superiority complex, right. this type of thing. If you don't think like I do, if, if you even consider things different than I consider, uh, then you're less of a human being. Than right. I am, 
and and now it's even morphed beyond that where it's not even we argue over the thing we argue over whether or not your point should even be considered because you have That's this right. lesser degree of education or you have this this bias this weird bias where you think you should not consider race when factoring every decision in and you right. should not consider who the oppressor and who the oppressed is and and things that again 15 20 years ago we would have said he would have been the weird uncle or my friend's parent right. <laughs> who took things too far. Yeah. And now that is a a much bigger force. I don't know if it's in volume as in number of people, percentage of the population right. or force, meaning the fewer, the few people who have just tremendous levers of power at their disposal to impose this, this idea or these concepts on people. It's, be, it's, it's rubbing against people's, values, which is a word I keep using over and over yeah. again. And I'm sure people are tired of hearing about it, but it's not ideas. It's not goals. It's, it's values. It's the things that people would die for and they're, right. or, or to fight or to protect their kids from or whatever. And these are things that people will absolutely um, find themselves in smaller and smaller communities because that stuff matters more than the things that they ought to do or the things that they're told that they should do and things like that. And, you know, in a little bit, we'll get into more, I'll, I'll give a more better description of what I'm talking about, but it really feels to me like, again, going back and looking at the civil war and, and using Germany as an example and these kinds of big events, when people, when their values are at odds, they will fight versus when ideas about how laws should be applied or how laws should be written or, um, there, there, when there's a balance of fair, a perceived balance of fairness, there's a perceived yeah. balance of duty versus entitlement. There's these, there's a perceived balance that people go, eh, yeah, I'm losing this one, but I'm winning the other one. So who cares? The big scheme of things, it's all going to work. It's all going to work itself out when that goes away and the, that balance is gone. And now there's a, a tremendous feeling of unfairness, for example, or, you know, uh, of losing basic things that we, you know, again, 15 years ago, thought were the most important things that made our country special, which was every person can work their ass off and become whatever they want to be. Right. That entire idea is being, being challenged now. And that is a value that we've had collectively. And roughly half the population is saying, kiss my ass. I'm not going along with that. Right. Well, yeah. And it, it gets back to some uh, in previous episodes, we talked about the role of religion in society when the, when the tribal, um, when the tribal entity and the tribal ethos and, and its, its, uh, its values, as you're talking about, become at the level of God's commands. And therefore, yeah. if you are, if you are, um, not part of this tribe, you are just the same as, you know, in, in, in religious circles, they say anathema. You're, you're a blasphemer. You're a, you're a, yeah. you're a, a person of that we, we should shut up. We should, you can't say these things. You're not supposed to say these things as opposed to. Like the, the conservative liberal kind of debate that happened, uh, over, over years, uh, the entire time that I was growing up was, you know, the, the bleeding heart liberal versus the uncaring conservative and that, that right. kind of distinction. It was like, well, heartless. you know, heartless, heartless <laughs> conservative, yeah. but it, it was, it was really the, the two could talk though, because there yeah. was, they were on a spectrum at least. It's like, yeah. no, if you're doing these things, you're, 
you're you're taking too much power to the government and that's going to hurt people in the end the people that you're trying to trying to help and so there was this idea or the or the the reverse it's like well if you don't give as much to the government then the people who are trying to help aren't ever going to get help so there was this this kind of continuum but when you yeah. have such um distinct tribal separation as we have today between and you could you could pick 14 or 15 different labels and 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 pit them one against another you you there's there's no continuum at all at that point there's no there's no common ground and that's when right. you have breakdown is when there's no common ground no way to have a discussion about we both want to get to the same place we just have different means to get to the same place yeah what well, one of the things that i've seen that that illustrates this really well, I think. So, you know, again, for years, you know, I grew up around people who had a wide variety of religious beliefs, mm -hmm. from atheists to devout Christians or or whatever whatever faith they had, um, and and people just coexisted because they yeah. they they and I don't mean coexisted in, in the in the goofy bumper sticker way, <laughs> but but they coexisted in that nobody that I knew believed that they had the right to tell somebody else what to believe. Right. So they would, they would say like, I'm following the path of my heart and what I think is right because I have this faith that compels me to do that. And I need to act a certain way to act in alignment with my faith and my values, although they wouldn't have said the word values, but it applies. And that person has every right to, to do their faith and, mm -hmm. or lack thereof and, and follow their heart and do what they want to do. The difference now is I think that the people who don't have a a theologic based value system. So I'm not saying people who are churchgoers, I'm not saying people who are devout Christians or Jews or Muslims. I'm just saying that they have values that align with a traditional Judeo-Christian sure. belief system. The people who are not in alignment with that idea now, not only do they scoff and minimize those people for having those traditional Judeo-Christian beliefs, but they go further and say, I, because I am the more educated, I am the more righteous, I am the more enlightened person, I'm actually more powerful than your God. Right. And I am actually a bigger entity in the in the big scheme of things because I'm so enlightened than your God is. So it's 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 completely diminishing. Not even again. It's not even that they're arguing like whether or not there's an afterlife. For example, they're not arguing that. They're they're minimizing the person's uh, ability to have a credible say in the matter because yeah. there's such rubes that they believe in this thing. When <laughs> I'm more powerful than that stupid god you believe in, yeah. I know more than this thing you pray to. Like on what on in what universe would a book that was written two thousand years ago have more have more accuracy or more legitimacy than things I think now with all the education we've amassed since then. <laughs> and that is where people are willing to fight in a different way because sure. you're rubbing up against their values, not against ideas that are more in inconsequential. Right. And, and once you have, once you have no common values, it becomes difficult to have reconciliation. You right. know, that's now that that is, as we've discussed, this idea of crisis errors and, and rebuilding errors and all this. <clears throat> it is true that that eventually there there 
there come common values when things get bad enough. So that the common values are forced upon us, such as eating, living, surviving, yeah. having electricity, having food, yeah. you know, duty and entitlement is going to be a great example of that I think it'll be like, as I've explained before, like the rubber band thing where, you know, you leave the crisis era of world war two and, and there's a high regard for duty. Right. And not a high regard for people who talk about duty, right. a high regard for people who perform duty. And over the course of the last 80 or 90 years, that rubber band has stretched where now the value is placed upon who talks the best about duty. Right. <laughs> it doesn't actually perform the duty, but in the blink of an eye, within a few months, that will revert all the way back to just like it was in 1944 before the end of World War II, I think. Right. Yeah. And it will all <clears throat> matter is what you do about duty, not what you say about duty. And, and that value system will be snapped back faster than we will even be able to comprehend it, I think. Yeah, well, it's happened before. I mean, it's it's what's happened over and over and over. Whether you talk about you know World War II or or the Civil War or the Revolutionary War or yeah. the War of the Roses in England, you know, you just you just right. keep going back in, in time, and that happens over and over. We get we we have to eventually be turned. Re- return to human basic reality to survive. And we don't have the luxury in those eras of having uh, big disagreements about, you know, uh, gender roles or, or whatever else, right. because we're too busy trying to figure out if we're, if our kids As are going to survive. Perfectly a few weeks ago, we can't afford those conversations anymore. We can't afford them when things are going really well. Yeah. All of a sudden you can't afford those conversations because, you know, the hierarchy of needs dictates we can't right. afford those conversations. <laughs> well, and so so it's interesting that if you think about it, it's interesting. You start off in a in a sort of a, a rebuilding era, like after the Civil War or after uh, World War II, and you you still have tribalism, but it's one big tribe. It's just like we were talking right. about earlier, you have a, a big tribe, and then <clears throat> various people they they rub shoulders with other people, and they they're well, those people I, I don't really like what they think about this or that or the other thing. And then you get the '60s, and you've got the flower children. And, you know, we don't want to hang out with the square people, you know, uh, right. uh, you know, and so, and you, you've got this, and then, you know, we were the eighties, we got the punk rockers that, you know, and so you, you, you keep going down the road and you keep fragmenting more and more and more because everybody Which wants were to you, be Dave? Were you more BGs or vanilla ice? Where, where did you land? <laughs> I, I was I was half Barry Gibb and, and half, but you know Vanilla Ice is a real estate guy now, so I can identify with him. So it's, you know, it's, he's a business guy now. So, so funny that in a ten year period we went from the BGs to Vanilla Ice. That's oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, Kenny, I, I hope you look up at least who the BGs are. Vanilla Ice you can probably forget about, but the BGs you got to know who those <laughs> cultural classic cultural. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's funny as you as you watch too. I think a lot of those. Those those generational tribal differences do show up in the music. <clears throat> they they show up oh, in, it, in the yeah, musical styles. It's, it's, it's so fascinating to you know just again picking up post World War II and just looking at every three to six years how quote unquote pop music you know yeah. evolved from from uh, uh, Glenn what was his name the In the Mood um, oh uh, Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller, yeah, all the way through, you know, Motley Crue and and <laughs> Black you know, yeah, just just the every few years it it changed. It's it's wild to just kind of see, which again fuels my theory that part of our problem is we just always want the new thing. We always want well, the next it. best new thing. That's it. And we that, don't want to be our parents. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and so and so as these as these. Um, crises begin to unfold and we get and we get we start bumping into more deeper issues so for example i i kind of 
uh, have it broken down in my mind. Again, I've not done any research on this. And I'm not a psychologist or a sociologist, so I, you know, take it for what it's worth, right? But I kind of look at this like we have internal things that make us do things. We have external things that make us do things, right? So in an external sense, we have things that we ought to do. You know, there's suggested obligations. We ought to be kind to people. If we see some garbage on the ground, we ought to pick it up and put it in the garbage can. You know, we we ought to treat people the way we want to be treated, et cetera, et cetera, right? Those are, those are kind of things that we ought to do that are socially put upon us. Right. And then there's things that external, that's, that's an external thing we ought to do. Then there's external things that we must do or should do, which are things like laws. Yeah. And there's varying degrees. Like there's, you shouldn't jaywalk, but if nobody's looking and there's nobody around, like plenty of people jaywalk, Yeah, you shouldn't speed. Well, I don't know, somewhere around 87% of the population probably speeds every <laughs> single day, something like that. Right. And then there's more serious laws, of course, yeah. where you get it all the way up to the old manslaughter and murder and like hor- horrific things that are, yeah. that are things that you must do that are put upon you externally. Yeah. And then there's things that are internal things that we ought to do. We want, we have goals. We have things that we ought to do because it'll make us feel good or make our life better or whatever. But then we have these values. We have these things that we must do. Yeah. And those are things that we will fight over. Yeah. And those are things that are, are more important than death and more important than the safety of our family. There there's, there's values people hold that are so strong. I mean, again, going back to world war two and in Nazi Germany and place, yeah. you know, the, we talked about the Von Trapp family in, in the sound of music. They, they had a, a luxurious lifestyle, but their values were such that they were willing to risk all the lives of all their, them and their children. All that was worth it to live a life in alignment with their values. Yeah. And, and so, you know, backing up 40 years ago, the things we disagreed about were things that we ought to do. Yeah. And the things that we're disagreeing about now are things that we must do. But we have different things that we must do. Some people must ensure an equal outcome for everyone. Right. And other people must ensure an equal opportunity for everyone. Right. There's there's no there's no bridge to to get to 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 bring that gap together. There they, and and these are these are values that people will absolutely fight over. And so what are they going to do? They're going to find like-minded people and they're going to build a tribe of people who think like they do and value what they do because it is self-preservation. And at the end of the crisis, just like the guy who, uh, uh, the Muslim guy who said that, you know, Islam was the religion of peace. And they asked him in Guantanamo Bay, how could it be the religion of peace? He says, well, when everyone's been killed, converted or enslaved, there'll be peace. (laughs) And that's how it happened in world war two. That's how it happened in the civil war. People were either converted or killed. And the ones who were left all shared the same values again. (laughs) Well, you know, you, there's another V word that, that plays into that. And that your, your illustration of the Guantanamo terrorist, uh, goes right to that. So it's values, but it's also vision. Right. It's vision because you, if you have, if you have a vision of the world and you're willing to fight to the death for your vision of the world, then, and, and your vision of the world is different than somebody else's vision of the world. And they're willing to fight to the death for their vision of the world. Then, and of course the values and the vision, they, you know, I mean, they, they have to be in alignment to, to be logical. But the, the, the vision of the world that says there's nobody who is not Islamic in the world, that, that's a vision. And so therefore, yeah. in service of that vision, uh, you know, we, we've seen in the Middle East people in service of that vision doing things that we who don't hold that vision, 
think are just horrific. The you know October seventh right. attacks in Israel, or, well, or and other still stoning women to death for crying out loud. Like, right. I mean, just just <laughs> things from our you know, our higher standards. The the American see the 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 common at least it was the common American vision of the world is more egalitarian is and that is that that you as an individual you can believe this or you can believe this or you can believe this but if you just as long as you leave everybody else alone and you pursue what you want without hurting other people you're probably okay I mean you know that's a that might be an extreme libertarian view but yeah. you know it, it's a general view of how the West has thought about things that you know there's and there's certain things that you know you don't kill you don't steal you know these are things that right. uh, are are part of our vision of what a good world looks like now if you take a a more conservative approach to it you look at a world and say i'm my vision of the world is one in which uh there's no child there's no child that is killed for you know uh, there's no child that's killed by another human being uh from conception to the time that they die of natural causes so there's right. a vision as well and that vision then we've <clears throat> we've had in our local news and now just some people that were uh convicted of, of violating the face act in which they were convicted of protesting in front of an abortion clinic well they they were willing for their vision of the world in which no child is killed by a doctor uh to sacrifice their own freedom in their own lives uh, so right. you know so the vision and the values those two things together are then what you have to have to create a tribe and depending on how strong those vision and those values are depends on how perhaps maybe militant you could say that that tribe gets in its opposition to tribes that don't hold that vision yeah yeah i, w I would argue it's not all that much different if at all and i again i have not really spent a lot of time thinking about it so i don't i don't know but you know, when when you and I a few weeks back were talking about the definition of a religion, yeah, I suspect that the def that the things a tribe would come to agree upon would be pretty much the same as a congregation. Yes, and yeah. they would have an agreed upon idea of evil or a villain. They would have an agreed yep. upon vision shaped by their values. Yep. Like all this stuff would be very congruent. And so, when you know, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, like my belief is that that you know, if you're looking at kind of a uh, the you know the risk board or you know looking at um, battles in, in that happen um, the 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 Alamo will be people's values yes they will yeah. they will shrink down that and that will be the last that will be the last thing that they will they will not sacrifice that they would rather die than sacrifice that yeah. the outposts you know the tax code and you know the um, you know, property taxes and, and, you know, things that other, that government does that are not about values they are more about dollars and things like sure. that, that those outposts, they'll sacrifice those in the war and not, not really think much of it. It's like, yeah, it sucks. We lost that, but whatever. In the big scheme of things, we got bigger fish to fry, but there are certain things that they just will not, they will not give up on. And it, and it feels like some of that is, just human nature. Again, yeah. we, you and I talked about this, the cyclicality of this stuff. Like, like we just talked about with popular music, like it, there, there's no such thing as the music from 1978 being demoned. Like this is the music from here on out. Like that's not, right. that's not how it works. It's seven years later and four years later, there was different, different kinds of music. Yep. It's always gotta be something different and people always want their way and yep. they always want people to do what they want. And they always want to put out the least amount of effort and they always have a reason why they should be able to retaliate or, Foist their ideas upon somebody, sure. and and so it doesn't take a whole lot of nudging, I don't think, to get people to go down this road. But but there's nudging happening also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> well, it, now think about this too. Um, we're talking about the the core values and sort of the ancillary values. But I think one of the things that happens is when you've got core values, you establish a tribe around those core values, then those ancillary things, we're talking about like property taxes or, you know, government regulation or something like that, um, that on their own, they wouldn't have been a core value. But what right. happens when that that ancillary value is on your side, anybody from the other side that attacks this ancillary value that you happen to hold, all of a sudden it that that secondary or tertiary or four or five, you know, uh, pieces down the road, it starts to value, it starts to become much, much more important. And so it's like, you yeah. know, <clears throat> you, you, you know, my core value is human life. And, but, but as a conservative, I also believe in low taxes. And so therefore, if you don't believe in low taxes, then you're just as bad as an abortionist. So it, it, the, yeah. the the tribalism starts with something here, but it expands throughout the entire belief system, and so and this is what happens even in, this happens in religions as well. I mean, yeah. in, in religions, you know, for for most of since the Protestant Reformation happened, you had people that were arguing and fighting, literally fighting over the form of baptism. So, should you right. baptize an adult or should you <laughs> baptize? We're going we're well, you, you, yeah. you baptize children, you heathen. You you're just like you know Molech, yeah. you know. So well, and, and like using the Islam thing as an example, let's say that that guy in Guantanamo got his wish, and and, and Islam was the only religion in the world. Well, pretty soon you would have facts or factions and and sects that would say it must be this strict adherence sure. others would say a more li- yeah. a li- more liberal adherence it, again it it it's just it's just human nature that it's yeah. always going <laughs> to always going to be conflict over this kind of stuff yeah and i think that you know like what you're describing were these things that began as ancillary things begin to have more weight i just i was picturing in my head like imagine you had a neighbor who was stealing firewood out out your, from your backyard and you knew, like, you had video of them, like, you knew it was them. There was no question it was them. And then they came along and their kid was selling Girl Scout cookies. Well, you'd be damned if you're going to buy that kid's Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, right. Not yeah. because you don't want the kid to sell Girl Scout cookies, but because screw that person. They're stealing your yeah. firewood. Yeah, exactly. Don't give a crap what they want. They can't yeah. have the, I'm not going to support them and help them be successful because they're doing this other atrocious thing. Right. And we link all these things to these ancillary things and it becomes, it becomes a battle that, that, if we give them an inch and we keep giving them an inch, there's no indication that they're, they're going to stop because they have proven that they are willing to, to fight over these values. And it's almost like a, it feels to me, having lived through this in the last few years, like almost like a collective subconscious slowly coming to grips with the fact that there is no stopping. This yeah, is not a yeah. pendulum. This is a linear movement. And, yeah. and we, whether it doesn't matter which side you're on, we on both sides feel equally we've given plenty and we've given up and we we've given all we can and they just won't stop. Therefore we cannot give them us. We can't give them the Girl Scout cookies now because they're stealing our firewood. It's the Hatfields <laughs> and the McCoys. You, 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 you remember that all that, you know, and, and well, <clears throat> they shot me, they shot at me yesterday. Well, you shot at them the day before. Yeah. But they shot yeah. at us the day before. Well, yeah, who started yeah. it? Well, we don't know who started it, yeah. but you know, all I know is I hate them and that's, that's good enough. Yeah. And they're, they're well, shooting wasn't, at me. Wasn't it started over like a, a, a hog that got killed or something like that. It or, was some, yeah. It was some like insignificant farm it, thing. And, that, and then, and then the, uh, uh, a daughter had been married off and there was a, uh, to one, from one family, it was, it was so insignificant how that started. And the next thing you know, like 
sons and brothers were getting murdered, shooting each other, <laughs> killing each other. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, isn't that isn't that human nature? Isn't that the whole yeah. the whole thing about human? I mean, if you go back to if you look at it in biblical terms, you go back to the original uh, the original family fight, Cain and Abel. You know, right. uh, you know, Cain is upset because God likes Abel's offering better. Well, what do you, what do you mean you like his offering better? You know, and so he kills them. I mean, so you, you, this is, this is human nature from the very, very beginning. And, and we, and a lot of it's pride, I think. I mean, we want to be, right. we want to be right. We want to be, uh, viewed by other people as, you know, smart, worthwhile, you know, all these positive yeah. things. Yeah, and of course. therefore, when they disagree with us on one thing, then we retreat to our tribe and we plan our attack. So that's, you know, and you know, it's, it, when you were just talking about that, like the, the things that you mentioned, we want to be seen as, as worthy. What was the other word you used? Something like right. And, yeah, right. and uh, uh, worthy. We want to have pride in what in, in what we yeah. do and have other so people. As you were saying, it reminded me of this experiment they did with mice where they took a starving mouse and they put it in a tube. And on the in the front is like a U-shaped tube where the, the mouse was horizontal and then there was tubes that went down in front of one in front of it, one behind it that went down in kind of a looked like a U-shape upside down U. And the mouse was in the in the horizontal part. And they a starving mouse and they, they wafted up a smell of like food and they, and, and the mouse was like tied or strung or somehow attached to a thing. So they can measure the force and energy it, it exerted to try to get the food. It was a starving mouse. Right. And, and they measured that. And then they took the smell of a cat and wafted it up the tube behind it. Now, which one of those do you think the, the mouse put out the most energy, the smell of pursuing the food or pursue, getting away or from the cat. Getting away from the cat. Yeah, getting away from the cat. Yeah. So getting away from the cat was a much stronger impulse yeah. and much more energy went into getting away from the cat because right. we, 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 we will flee things we fear more yeah. than we pursue things we like. So you keeping that in mind and the things you talked about are these are the fears that people have the deepest. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. People yeah. don't like me. These are real fears. And when and when pushed into a corner, those are things that they will absolutely fight for, yeah, and, and fight to, to gain. They will put much more energy into to fleeing things that they fear than they will pursuing things that they want. And, and think about the things that they fear that drive them into tribes, right? So if I stand here and 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 I say this is true, and everybody around right. me says no, you're an idiot. This is not true. Well, okay, that that's one thing. If I stand in a group of a hundred people and everybody in a group of a hundred people says this is true, then I don't feel yeah. exposed. I'm not exposed yeah. as an idiot anymore because yeah. well, everybody, you know, it's it's the wolf pack mentality, right? I, I mean, and, and if all my college friends say that God is stupid and these truck drivers are a bunch of rubes. And I stand right. up and say, no, they're just, they're just people who have different beliefs as me. I will not be as righteous as them. I will be unliked. I'll be unloved. I'll be shunned. I'll be the right. pariah. I'll be, I'll be alone because the truck drivers don't want me either. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and so that, and that, I think that leads to a lot of, of, of tribal adoption. In other words, when, when people, you know, w and what was it? 2020 when everybody's in the streets and, you know, tearing up cities and marching and all that stuff during the summer. Um, yeah. You know, uh, probably 
I don't know, maybe one out of 10 people could really explain in an in-depth way, in an intellectual way. I'm sure everybody had, they had the talking points down, but I'm sure that yeah. probably not very many people in that group could really explain what they're there for. And that's the case with most mobs, with most, you know, with most large protests where you get a million people out there. A, a small percentage of the folks that are there can really articulate uh, beyond just a few slogans what they're there for. They just want to belong. They just right. want to belong. They want to be part of the cool kids. And, you know, I mean, I see, I'm sure you see this in business a lot. I see this in business a lot, uh, where, where I see people that will choose to do business with certain people, not because they've got the best price or the best offering, but because they're the one, they're the respected ones in the industry. They're the yeah. cool kids. And so this, it's human nature. It applies. To, yeah, I mean, it, well, just look at <laughs> what percentage of unhappy marriages are because people are afraid to be alone. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. People who marry poorly or stay in, in bad relationships because it's better than being alone. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, I, I, these, these things are, they're, they're interesting until the moment we're in arrives. And, yeah. and again, I don't, I'm not like rooting for this to happen. I'm not hoping this happens, but I also don't want to be blind to it. And right. to me, it, it, you know, as, as awful as it was in the civil war and as awful as it was in world war two and as awful as it was in the revolutionary war, like the pattern is just too, too consistent. Yeah. Uh, it seems exceedingly unlikely at this point, looking at how we, we are appear to be, you know, opposing forces going head on for each other with very different outcomes, yeah. very different values driving it and, and people willing to do pretty gnarly things to each other yeah. because of this tribalism we're talking about. So it's not a matter of like rooting for it. It's just a matter of trying to understand it. And like, how do we, how do we navigate it? And how do we, that's it. How do we minimize it? And, and, and as it relates to the, the tribalism thing, I don't, I don't know. I kind I, part of me just is kind of resigned to the fact, like there's been people a lot smarter than me that have lived throughout history. And if they couldn't figure it out, I don't know <laughs> that I'm, my feeble brain's going to be able to figure it out. I don't know. I don't know how you could, you know, again, going back to example, we used a, a couple weeks ago, you know, if you're if you're playing Monopoly with six people and three of them think that uh, the the way it's supposed to be played is everybody starts with the same amount of money and the other three think the way it's supposed to be played is everybody ends with the same amount of money, the Monopoly board is going to get thrown in the air at some point yeah, and there's exactly. going to be a fist fight yeah. probably, right? Yeah. If you have a husband who believes it's okay because women are a second-class citizen to smack his wife around a little bit and the wife doesn't agree with that, they have different values, right. that's not going to be a very harmonious lifestyle. No. If you have one spouse who believes that an open marriage is cool and another one that does not think an open marriage is cool, it's going to work very well. <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of car they drive. The values yeah. are going to be at conflict and everything is going to suck because of that. And it just, it, it, it feels like we're careening towards that. And, and as we sit here and talk through, it, it's like, it, it, it kind of all makes perfect sense, even yeah. though that's, that's not great news. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you're right. It, and, and I think the point of, of this discussion and the point of thinking about these things for us and for Kenny G in the future is not so that we can solve them. These, these yeah. are not, these are not things where we're, we're going to come up, Brian and Dave or any, any thousand, you know, scholars that are 10 times more smart, smarter than we are, uh, are we're not going to solve them. What we have to do, you mentioned it earlier. We have to figure out how we're going to navigate these times. And yeah. I, I think that's for, for Kenny G in the future. I, uh, you know, assuming this podcast survives and he's listening to it in the future, 
then the the advice for him is to say, okay, you see what's coming. You see the bear coming at you. You're not going to stop the bear. The bear's coming. It's 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 on its way. Right. You're not going to stop it. What you have to figure out is what do you do next? And and the other thing, like for me, when I think about these times here too, is is I have to think about well, how what do I want to fight? And what do I want to not fight? In other words, right. there are, you know, I don't want to just sit, sit back and say, I'm not going to do anything that, I, you know, uh, would resist the, tr the trend of history. So I don't want to do that. It's back to your, your example that you used uh, a number of times about, you know, I don't want to live, you know, a mile from Auschwitz and not do something about it. Right. Right. But at the same time, you have to figure out what can I do? How can I navigate this, this time and the circumstances, realizing you're not going to just march up to the gate and say, hi, I'm here, throw down your guns. Okay. Well, that's the end of you. Right. I mean, so yeah, I think that's, that's where wisdom comes in. Wisdom comes in to say, not necessarily that I'm, I want to, I want to build my tribe the most. I maybe what I, what I want to do is I want to. And there's a science fiction story that escapes me right now, but it talks. Oh no, it's it's the um, it's um, the Foundation series. Did, did you read Foundation by Isaac Asimov? Uh -huh. Okay, well, so you know, uh, it, without going into the whole thing, uh, one of the the main protagonists says, "Look, bad times are coming. It could be a thousand years, or it can be a hundred years. Let's work hard to make sure it's only a hundred years. So not avoiding yeah. the bad times, but rather minimizing." the the negative impact of the inevitable that we're facing. And I think that's what we have to do in our day and age. I think that's what Kenny G has to do in his day and age. And as this cycle repeats itself on, you know, 80, 90, 100 year cycles from now until, you know, until Jesus comes, <laughs> we, we yeah. have to just um, <clears throat> be able to navigate it in such a way that we do as much good as possible, not fight unwinnable battles, uh, and know the difference. We have to have the wisdom to know right. the difference between those two things, uh, and, and make a positive difference to save as many people. So you're know, saying alive. we should live the serenity prayer is what you're saying. What's that? <laughs> you're saying we should live the serenity prayer. Yeah. Well, there, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it, you know, it's, it's better than the alternative, right? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. It's well, I, I hope, my, you know, I, I do hope that we evolve through these things. Yeah. I, I, I'm less confident now than I was a year ago for sure though. Yeah. You know, I, I, I see indications that although we choose the victims, the heroes, the scapegoats and the, and the villains differently, meaning what we used to, we used to, um, it was, it was more collectively. Okay. Um, to look down upon people for being black, for example, in right. Mississippi in 1940, where now in New York City or uh, Baltimore or Chicago, it's okay to look down on people for being white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, <clears throat> the, the uh, criteria has changed, but it's the same exact methodology. Yeah. And, and I used to really think that, that, that we would, that this was kind of like a, a pendulum that didn't have a, a motor driving it. And eventually we, we would stop and maybe pointing like true North, you know, we would, we would kind of work its way out and, yeah. it, and it would lose energy. And then we just kind of, and we'd kind of all kind of go, well, Hey, we've learned all this stuff, but it doesn't feel that way anymore. It feels like there's, there's fuel being added to it, which is maybe that nudging. Um, maybe there's people who want enough power who, yeah. and that's all it takes a little bit of nudging, a little bit of gasoline on the fire to really stoke things up and prevent that the, these these ideas that it's okay to 
to have a different set of rules for somebody based on what color their skin is, or it's yeah. okay to have a different set of rules for somebody based on things that they can't control. And those things, those things they can't control matter more than their character, for example, and, and whatever. I really used to think that, that this was like a pendulum just running out of energy. And now it just doesn't feel that way. I, I just, there's more indicators every week, I would say for, yeah. not, not exaggerating like every week to, to show me. And again, I have my bias. Maybe I'm looking for things that aren't there. Hell, I don't know, but, but there's no things to show me like, this is this is gaining energy yeah. in this moment, not in the big scheme of things. It's not, but in this moment, it's gaining energy, not losing energy, which is wild to me. I I, I never would have imagined that we would kind of go backwards in time on some of this stuff. Well, you know, I I think in in the aspirational side of me would hope that your vision would come true, but I don't think it will. <laughs> and I'll tell you why, <laughs> because <laughs> the, the that aspirational side would would require for it to run out of energy for the pendulum to run out of energy it would mean that we have to uh depend primarily on knowledge and wisdom and learning to sap the energy out of it now i think the reason it becomes re-energized and the pendulum starts swinging more wildly every you know 80 or so years or you know on a, on a continually you know widening arc yeah. uh, as as time goes on is be- is because we don't put as much emphasis on that we have there's more emphasis on human emotion and human nature and human nature drives it's the drives that drive every one of us that drove the formation of tribes <clears throat> 10,000 years ago that drove the formation of elites in when they were barons and lords and when they're now hedge fund managers and and yeah. senators it's it's that it's that human nature component of it that i think <clears throat> kind of rewinds up that uh, that uh, uh, thing that drives a pendulum yeah. if it were knowledge then yes we would because we've learned i mean we're when you compare modern society to a hundred years a thousand years ago we're brilliant we're bloody brilliant yeah. we're all einstein yeah but we're morons because we keep doing yeah. the same things over that are wrong and keep hurting ourselves well, i i i think it i think that what the the pendulum loses energy after we come out of this crisis because we're all engaged and we were like yes. we're collectively say we're not going to let that happen again. Right. We will not let Auschwitz happen again. We will yep. not let slavery happen again. And then the generations die off and, and it becomes more about, well, I don't have to worry about that. Somebody else is taking care right. of that. And, and our energy gets diverted to other things that are not making sure that pendulum doesn't get wound up again. Right. And then as we abdicate that responsibility and, and we give away, um, we empower people who we think have our best interests in mind, eventually you're going to find greedy people and yep. selfish people and yep. people who will profit off of things like people being sick and dying in wars and things like that. And those people can wind that motor right back up. That's right. And we're oblivious to it for the first 20, 30, 40 years, probably. Yeah. Until we start bumping into real values conflicts instead of these tax code kind of right. conflicts yeah. and yeah. and gerrymandering conflicts that are, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. I don't like losing that, but eh, whatever. I'm still, I still have a, a nicer house than, you know, <laughs> 97% of the population on the planet because we live in the, you know, greatest country it's ever been or whatever. And then behind the scenes, that stuff is getting ratcheted up and it's right. happening for, for 
years or decades before we're even aware that that motor got wound up again. And yeah. then once it, once it starts really violating our values, then that's when people will eventually say enough. Well, part of the problem is that we, we overestimate our own progress. So you, if, if you go from the forties to the sixties, uh, the, in the sixties, there was Lyndon Johnson's great society programs. We had won World yeah. War II. We had become the most powerful country on the face of the planet. All of right. those things are the things of the past. World War I was supposed to be the war to end all wars. We're past war. To end all wars, yeah. We, we overestimate how much we, and no, no, we're not going to worry about that. Barack Obama, when, when Russia invaded Ukraine, he says, what are they? Don't realize it's the 21st or the 21st century? No, I mean, war is a thing of the past. Those rubes, you know, so yeah. we, we, and, and we have these aspirations that we've gone beyond these things. And now we're going to conquer the summer. We're going to eliminate poverty in our generation. That's what, you know, Lyndon Johnson and the great society programs said, we've done all these great things. We've gone to the moon. What are we going to do next? We're going to eliminate poverty. And so we take our eye off the ball of societal cohesion, of making sure that fairness is happening across the board, that we, we take our eye off the fundamentals and we put our, our, our focus on things that are far out there and the fundamentals fall apart and we miss our goals up here. And then we start to become disillusioned. Eh, whatever. I'm in it for myself. We couldn't solve some poverty, but I'm just going to get rich. You know, there, now we're in the eighties. Yeah. I'm just going to get rich. Well, so it, it happens that way over and over again. <laughs> and Lyndon Johnson is probably the best example I could think of in the last in this in this cycle since World War II yeah. of somebody who we overestimated them having values in alignment with the collective of the country and, yeah. and, and aiming to do, quote unquote, the right thing. Yeah. What we yeah. all kind of generally say the right thing. And I would argue he was the beginning of the end of what yeah. we're facing now because the way he spoke about and the actions he took towards people he was, quote unquote, helping behind closed doors. Oh. I, I, if you could like peel back a person's soul He's the he's the guy in the last yeah. hundred years. I I would think of, like would be the darkest soul of anybody who had a tremendous amount of influence. Oh yeah, who really spoke about helping people, but did more damage to yeah to generations and uh, an ethnicity and a generation yeah. Yeah. of just like obliterating their ability to prosper. Yeah, and and, and again, when I say like this happening for decades before we come in and but he he's, you picked the perfect example I could pick yeah. of somebody who started undermining this, this pro- and getting that pendulum motor going years before we were even aware that it was happening. I, he would be the guy. And, and there's always people in that role historically, just like yeah. there's people in the role of what, what the, the, the book that you and I uh, enjoy the fourth turning, uh, he talks right. about the gray champion, the person that comes in the crisis era, the, right. the elder statesman or whoever, but, but there's always those, those other roles as well of people that come along that, that, you know, they take advantage for personal gain or for power and they speak well, but the reality of what they do. Yeah. That's, that's a, it's, it's an, it's an ongoing pattern. And so the pendulum winds up and it winds down and it's going to wind up again and it's going to wind down again. And that's, that's the story of humanity. Yeah. And, and uh, tribalism fits in a big piece of that. So, Hey, uh, as we've mentioned before, you've heard us say this uh, time and time again, uh, our, our goal here is just to kind of illustrate to somebody or chronicle to somebody living, you know, as a middle-aged person in the year 2090 ish, what this moment in time is like. So if you think there's a piece that we're not explaining correctly, if you, if you've got a different perspective on 
what this moment feels like to you. If you think Dave and I are full of crap and we're completely missing the boat, we'd love to hear your comments. You can jump on our Rumble channel where this video is being played. If you're listening on audio, you can check out the Rumble thing. If you're watching on Rumble, throw a comment in there. Tell, tell us what we're getting right. Tell us what we're getting wrong. Our goal is not to be right in this case. It's just to explain to somebody what this moment in time is like. So check it out there on Rumble. Go to unsignedpodcast.com. Check it out there. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are and, and see what you think we're getting right. See what you think we're getting wrong. And uh, until next time, this is Dave and Brian signing off. See you next week. Do you want to be on silent? Make your voice heard on our social media channels and share where you think we got it right or wrong. Go to unsilentpodcast.com for social links so you can join the discussion. 